Hello, I'm Rachel Eisman. And I'm Leah Burnett. And this is Own Your Home, the essential guide to being a badass homeowner. You know that moment when the electrician mentions he's going to replace your ballasts and you have a mini panic attack wondering what the hell a ballast even is? Do I even need that? Is it going to cost a fortune? Can I phone a friend? You're in the right spot. We got you. Stick around and learn to own your home. Okay, so back to homeowners. Um, So Alice, why don't you start and just give us a little bit about First of all, what appeals to you about this house? Like, what were some of the deciding factors in why you selected this from the thousands and thousands of homes out there? Well, we're in a wonderful position that uh, price point is <laughs> it makes a difference. So we bought in the suburbs, which we never saw us ourselves actually being in. But as uh, many people realize, you start having children and realize you don't have room or the funds to live in the city in their little bungalows. But for this house, I mean, the neighborhood's older. So uh, all the houses in our neighborhood were built in the 90s, you know, when architecture was at its uh, <laughs> 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 Um So they all look pretty similar, similar build out. So, you know, we then obviously not downgraded, but edited our uh, dream list to what do we need, right? And with two kids, um, obviously the school district's a big deal, but also space-wise, I wanted a basement. My husband's a musician, wanted a space for him to have like a studio space where we could just put all his musical instruments and doodads. Um, I wanted a basement space. We like to entertain and have friends over with kids, but we don't necessarily need the kids around us all the time. (laughs) So having a basement was big on my list to have a space that they can go down. Finished basement. Finished basement, sorry, to clarify. Finished basement so that we can... Or we, we might put them in an unfinished basement. I mean, that's point. what our parents like, did for us. Um, we were shoved into unfinished basements. Remember trying to dig time. holes and tunnels in the dirt yeah. basement? You just make it work. <laughs> our basement was semi-finished, and it was my favorite place. Like, my dad taught karate, so we had mirrors on the walls. Ooh. It was the best place for a budding performer to spend hours upon hours upon hours, just completely absorbed Absolutely. in... in in myself. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So basement, basement, a basement was top of my list. And then, like I said, having kind of a, whether it was an office space or some space where I could shut the doors for my husband's Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, studio and things like that. So really we had been renting in the area. We got to know the neighbors in this neighborhood. So we ended up actually buying in the same neighborhood we were renting a house in. And this house that we ended up buying you know, it checked the boxes space-wise, and that was the most important for me. I know that, like, you know, we can figure out the cosmetic stuff later as long as everything's functional, that sort of thing. So we did, before we moved in, we did renovate the kitchen. We did a couple other little things, but the kitchen was the big thing. It was one of those, you know, huge house, 3,000 square feet, and the kitchen was like this walled-off little why did they do that? Spot. It was really strange. What 90s. was it about the 90s it, it was, that everyone hated right, the people that like, cooked? It's not like they had chefs. Like, we yeah. need to hide the chefs away. Like, I don't know. They need to hide the bombs in the back. <laughs> so, obviously, with kind of the open floor plan that everyone's in love with today, we got some of that. We tore out a wall. Of course, it was a load-bearing wall. So, anyone, that's a buzzword when your contractor comes in and says that. And they'll go, no, we can do it. And they can. 
With a um, beam that costs an enormous <laughs> beam, and then of course, with any sort of renovation project, you know, you start tearing out walls, and then you find other things. Like not only was it load bearing, but there were pipes all through those walls that couldn't be rerouted unless we wanted to invest way more than we we're expecting. So all the fun that comes with that. So that was a learning. Experience. Yeah, you dove, dove straight into a big project mm-hmm. and figuring things out. Um, those spaces that hold all of the pipes and wiring and everything are called chases. And houses have them, depending on the size of the house, they can have multiple chases. Um, but that's definitely something that adds cost. And it's always one of those things when I'm ever giving an estimate to a homeowner that re- requires any demo at all, the estimate says in big letters, this is an estimate. Final costs will reflect what actually had to happen because you do not know, unless you have the builder plans, you do not know what's behind the walls most of the time. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's just when the homeowner gets to value engineer some of their dreams right out of that plan. <laughs> so well, that's definitely a, what did you learn about homeownership yes. thing? We got, we got to um, move some of those funds around and things like that of like, what's a have to have to create the space that we wanted and what was a nice to have. So um, in that case, you know, we repainted cabinets. We did not do all new cabinets. Yeah. So that we could still take out a wall and have, anyway, that kind of. Yeah, and I actually think it it was a very successful remodel um, because of how it's opened up that space so much. And I think that's one of the things that buyers should think about as they're buying. I mean, space matters. And space is the thing that I feel like most homeowners can wrap their heads around first. Mm -hmm. You know, does this check the boxes of, I need a studio for my husband. I need a finished basement to put the kids in. Mm-hmm. You know, I need these specific things, and those are all space-related. But you can also create space mm-hmm. if you know that the price is right for what you're buying and you have a little bit of extra to do the remodels or adjust it. Or as Alice just mentioned, you know, you didn't get brand-new cabinets. We just repainted the existing cabinets to save money because then you had to deal with all of your, your plumbing and your wiring. You definitely have to be realistic about what you can and cannot do and, and be prepared to change it. Like that's the biggest thing. Right. I think so. So what do you feel like you wish you had known before going into the project that would have been really helpful to you for that project? Um, I think that I, uh, and I, I guess other people do this too. You think that it's better for you to nickel and dime things (laughs) like when you have a a close budget, so it's not open-ended You know, it's like, oh, well, I'll just get the cheap tile here or I'll just get, you know, I'll go ahead and buy these things so that my contractor, I'm not getting that 20% from a contractor on top of it. And there probably are some instances where that makes a lot of sense. But I think that you take away value from the contractor that way and then you take away what the contractor will come back. You know, a year after you do a job, they'll come back and there's anything wrong, fix it, that sort of thing. So... Um, I'll tell you about the big mistake I made, if you want yeah. to Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what we want. Um, <laughs> I, so we had our floors redone, um, just refinished. They were, you know, kind of, as was the day in 1996, the, you know, I think it's like three-inch oak, red oak floors that are stained the beautiful orange almost (laughs) color so we knew we didn't want to do those um and then we knew we couldn't go lighter or 
I, we, we weren't going to do the hard headache of trying to figure out the lighter gray to get that gray color that people are liking now. So we did a dark on it. So of course the contractor got uh, his floor guy to come and quote it. And then, but I found a company online that would do it for like $2,500 less. Amazing, right? (laughs) Well, so they quoted me, they came in and did the work and then I get the bill and it's more than the contractor originally quoted me. And so I went back to the company. I ended up having to finagle with them. Like, you can't, this this is completely different from the first quote. Like, yeah. So anyway, we had to finagle a little bit, and I ended up getting some off, but it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the headache. We had to get the guys to come back twice because they didn't do that, you know, like there were areas where they didn't do a very good job that they needed to come correct and things like that. So I think the learning for me was like, in those instances, it's best to just go with your contractor. Maybe you're paying a little more up front, but you also have someone that's worked with the people before, can kind of guarantee the level of work they're bringing in, and then we'll fix it if there's a problem. Like, you don't have to chase it and fix it. And so that time and that, it wasn't worth the difference in money at the end of the day, in yeah. my opinion. That's huge, too. I mean, that's something that we deal with regularly is – oh, but I can find this here a little bit cheaper. I can find that there. And I feel like my role when people invite me into their homes and into their project is really to kind of manage that. And when you shift your vendors around like that, there's you, you lose that continuous thread. So you lose, the contractor's not going to come back and do anything with the floors because you chose to separate that from what he was doing. Um, I mean, there's a classic story in Jolie Archives where client had really fancy linen curtains. And so nine windows, each with two panels, this specific Belgian linen going around. The cat peed on one. Oh, no. Which is awful. But we have Sammy that we use for specialty fabric cleaning. Sammy came out and quoted... You had to clean both panels. It was $1,200 to clean the curtains, which definitely sounds expensive, but it was very expensive linen that has to be, you know, just babied. And cat urine is probably one of the worst possible things Yet to try to get out of Yet another reason not to own cats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the client just balked and said, absolutely not. I'm not paying $1,200 to clean the curtains. She's like, I found a guy who can clean it for 150 And I said, okay, yeah. hands off. That already off. scares me. Um, so it took this guy six weeks, and when she got the curtains back, there were holes all in them. He had, whatever he'd used, had eaten through the material. Oh, so geez. then, because there were nine windows, each with two panels, she either had one window with curtains that didn't match or had to replace all of them. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard. I get it. Like, it is hard sometimes to swallow that pill of the the unsexy money, yeah. I call it, right? But it's so important to, especially if you're going to pay someone to advise you, mm-hmm. you don't always have to take their advice, but it might be in your best interest. Well, and the thing about that also is, it's like, you know, assuming that this person purchased those curtains, they probably were a pretty penny. 
They were definitely more than $1,200. Okay, so, you know, you've got to figure that... If you want nice things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like someone who wants to buy, like, a Mercedes and then is surprised that oil changes are, like, you know... $300. Way more expensive than when they had a Toyota Camry. Well, yeah. 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 You got a Mercedes now. (laughs) You're at a whole new level. Yeah. Target curtains can get peed on and thrown away. (laughs) I mean, we're just saying. (laughs) It's true. Well, and I think that there's a... There's a place for the nice things, yeah. and there's a place for the less nice things. You for have to instance, decide where you want to put. The, where do you want to put that money? Where you're putting the kids, the playroom. You're probably not going to put your finest upholstery, right? Yeah. It just makes sense that you know the fine upholstery goes in the formal living room, or right. you wait until your kids are out of the house. Oh, we're so southern. You just said formal living room. <laughs> well, she's in a 1990s house, and they still have formal living rooms. No one uses them as formal living I hate rooms. Formal living rooms. I, I'm sorry, that seems super um, aggressive. I feel like there's something dislike, to unpack there. Yeah, I because my mom was really into the formal living room, and so we grew up with this space, this huge space with no used. TV, and it's like, what are we doing with this room? Nothing happens in this room ever. It's when you invite friends over and you would have cocktail parties and you would sit and enjoy each other's company and you didn't need a TV. Okay, yeah. Maybe that was what was missing. <laughs> uh, it's, we've been in the pandemic for over a year now, so that seems real confusing and foreign. <laughs> I can't computate people coming <laughs> over to house. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you speak funny. <laughs> um, all right, so... Let's cover a couple of common mistakes in home maintenance. And again, as our uh, homeowner for the day, Alice, let's put you on the spot. What do you feel like you're missing when it comes to home maintenance? Um, And what do you feel like have been some of the mistakes that you've definitely learned from? Um, As far as missing, honestly, our kind of biggest nagging headache is like, backyard and maintenance for the most part. And it's not, I'm not talking about cutting the grass. Like we have an issue with like water mitigation and that like every route we've tried water is water just finds a way in. And then, you know, and we have, you know, avoided having somebody come out and do an expensive drainage thing. And, but that's probably where we're going to end up. So far, we we really haven't had anything too crazy that's kind of regular um, stuff that has to be done maintenance-wise. So... Gutter cleaning. Yeah, I was going to say, big myth is that even with a fairly new place or whatever, that there's not... There is regular, consistent maintenance that needs yeah. to happen. So things breaking is a different type of maintenance because um, you just have to address those, right? If your garbage right. disposal doesn't work... Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, make sure that the kids didn't put Legos in there. Um, things that don't go down a garbage disposal. I've got a whole list for you. Um, toys are definitely on that list. But then there's the, the regular things that you just need to do that may not be showing symptoms, like gutter cleaning, like getting changing the filters in the HVAC. Mm-hmm. Water mitigation is huge. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys did. They put a beautiful dry creek bed in the backyard, which is a great way to deal with it if it works. The dry creek bed works. We then dug in some of the um, gutter, the spouts into the ground, and one of them doesn't drop off enough. Like the gradient isn't steep enough for it. So we're realizing it's getting clogged actually in it. And so 
then it, anyway, mm. that's a that'll tough be one. a fun project when the weather's warmer for us to dig up and do. I mean, and part of I think that balances is, is the hard part is that like we want to do as much as we can do ourselves before we have to call in somebody. And the issue with that sometimes can be that you end up actually spending a lot more effort doing it wrong <laughs> several times before you get it right. So yeah. I mean, it's all of that. That's extremely common. Yeah. I mean, in in my house. It's definitely that way. My husband and I redid the front stairs on our house because when we bought it, they weren't in great shape and they needed to be redone. And we had a disagreement as to how they needed to be put back together. Um, And one of us thought that the stringers needed to be replaced and the other was real frustrated already and said that it wasn't going to happen. So we'll be redoing the stairs again very soon. (laughs) Right, right. And I mean, I think that's probably everyone's marriage (laughs) discussion (laughs) and how projects end up and where they end up and what gets prioritized right like to me it's always a bit more cosmetic than it is Mm -hmm. to him obviously of like this is ugly let's just get rid of this and he's like well this porch is falling off so we need to shore that up first the unsexy money it's so important yeah it's super important so yeah there's all those things that are kind of a constant you know ping pong table back and forth of like what to focus on where do you put your money in the house here? And it's never ending. That's true. That's fun. Yeah. So do you guys have a line item in your household budget for repairs, unforeseen, maintenance? Yeah, it's called Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> no, not after you In spent. our budget, in your- it's called Home Depot. And this is how we budget month for Home Depot. We do. It's not a huge amount. And there's things that we need to do, I think, in kind of full assessment of like, we, re- you know, we bought a house from the 90s that one HVAC unit's new, the other we know are older, looking at those, making an estimate of like, when are those really going to go out? We've been talking about how homeownership is really a wealth building activity, right? Because it's a big investment, but as the real estate market continues to grow without another crash, you know, hopefully over time you gain money in your house and keeping up with those maintenance things and making sure that you don't get a bigger problem somewhere down the road that erodes that. Or you have what's called deferred maintenance. When you go to sell the house, if a bunch of those things haven't been handled over time, you have to do all of them before you can sell the house, Yeah, which is Nothing more annoying than trying to get out of the house and realizing you have to sink $75,000 in it. Just to get out of it. Into yeah. the house you're leaving. Yeah. Into the house you're yeah. leaving. And then the house is finally what you wanted it to be. Right. The moment you walk out the door. <laughs> then, then it looks great. It feels great. Right. You know it's protected. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to a couple of these questions that I had for you. Rapid fire questions. Tell me, what is your favorite home feature? I think for me, it's like the kitchen dining gather, like that space, like how that feet. And I'm saying kitchen, not because I want to cook all the time. I'm saying kitchen is like more like a gathering space, like what's the heart of the home sort of. I feel like whenever I go into new homes or someone's home, like what's the feel there is usually what I like. And there's just some people that nail it. I feel like if, and maybe it's the kitchen, maybe it's just like that dining gathering space, but that's my favorite part. What is your most common issue? Honestly, it's finding something new as a problem every single day. 
I mean, not every single day I'm exaggerating a bit, but it is like it's always just kind of like one thing after another. Like you'll be like, oh, we checked all these things off our list. We should be good for a while. And then you go to the bathroom and you realize that all of a sudden the toilet's not functioning properly. And you're like, oh, next, (laughs) next. So I think that that's it's just. It's just an ever evolve, you know, revolving Goes back to door. that Home Depot line item on your back. Home Depot line item gets hit again. Okay. And then what is the weirdest house story you can share? We haven't had, luckily, so far, anything super weird at this house. I will say the house that we both grew up in. Um, it's full of them. It's full of weird stories. But one of the weirdest is it was a um, <laughs> sanctuary, if you will, for a while, for a colony of bats. Um, no. they, yeah. So I remember distinctly, like, when we were younger, sometimes there'd be a bat that got in the house from the attic. It would be lots of drama. Everybody, you know, screaming, whatever, trying to get a pillowcase, trying to get it out of the house. And that was just, like, random, right? Like, maybe once a year at most. And then at some point, that bat that we released went and told its friend bats <laughs> that it had found a great place <laughs> that's easy to get into and start, they should start a village there. So sometime around, I feel like when I was in high school, again, there's a very old house, you know, it's over a hundred years old now, but so there's all, all the little crevices and everything weren't sealed, sealed up super tightly in the attic. They were able to get in and... I mean, it was unbelievable how quickly they got in and then how they would come back. I mean, they would, you know, our dad worked diligently to try to seal it up every year when they would kind of migrate out of there and they can get into the tiniest spaces. And bats are just, I mean, any kind of rodent is horrible, obviously, but they, in your addict, then you're having bat things all in insulation everywhere so like it was a huge project to get they let it go too long they kept thinking they were sealing it up and ended up having to do um i think they blasted insulation in there they had to blow insulation in that actually sealed it up it was a major remediation project and i actually remember being able to step out into the front yard and watch the bats come out. Oh, like, yeah. It was just like being in downtown Austin and seeing yeah. them come out of the cave <laughs> <We> there. <laughs> under the bridge. We yeah. didn't have to, you know, like, oh, yeah. We just, you could stand out and watch the bats. We learned so much about bats because of that. Like, throwing things up in the air and they'll catch it and oh. then release it. Now, mosquitoes were not an issue for a very long time. That's true. So, you <laughs> know, it's, life is all about balance. <laughs> um but yeah, that's probably the weirdest. And I feel like I still tell people that. Like, I'm like, you could open when it was at its worst. I remember opening one of those closets up there and you could like see. Yeah. It I was still crazy. feel like that closet at the top of the it's stairs. It's scary to open the door. I know. It's just <laughs> a little bit like, oh, what's going to happen? Even though we know it's not there, there's psychological trauma. Oh, yeah. yeah. For PTSD. Sure. For Home sure. PTSD. So yeah, I feel like that's that's still the weirdest home story that I'm connected to that... Um, That's a good one. Yeah. So far here, we have not had any, anything too crazy. That's good. Happening. Hopefully it remains that way. Thank you so much for joining us, being our first guest. First guest. It was an honor. (laughs) And we're going to wrap this one up for today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more information on this or any other homeowner projects, visit our website, jolieresidential.com. That's J-O-L-I 
joliresidential.com and follow us on social media at Jolie Residential on both Instagram and Facebook. And if there's anything you'd like for us to cover in future episodes, please feel free to hit us up on any of our social media pages or send us an email through our website. You too can be a badass homeowner.